Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Elements City Church. Whether you're joining us in the house or from your house online, hello, 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 and happy Father's Day to all the dads in the house. We do have a drawing, so if you have not signed up for that, we're giving away some free stuff for dads. Enter your name out there in the foyer. If you're online, text me, I guess, um, and we'll see if, if you can win that way. But uh, we are thrilled to have you here. We always have some new folks on their first Sunday here. So if that's you, we are so glad to have you here, so glad to have you tuning in. And so if that's you, we'd love to have you kind of download our free church app. You can go to your app store, download that. We travel light, and you can find everything from playlists to past sermons to uh, just everything going on around here. So we'd love to have you jump in with that. And if you are online, we've got an amazing online host who would love to pray with you or help you with anything that you need there. If you are new, we would love for you to fill out our connection card. The easiest way to do that is to text hello to our text number, which is 520-340-6868. Just text the word hello. Uh, we'd love for you to download that app. If you can fill out the connection card, again, text hello to that number, and then we would love to follow up with you. That way, it'll ask you a couple quick questions. Fill that out, and we'll get back with you on that. We also have a 10-minute party that meets in the back, and so if you are new, we'd love to just personally meet you. I'll be back there at the end of the service, and today of all days, you pick the best day to be here because we are throwing an ice cream old school social, and we moved it downstairs under the gym because A, it is just too hot outside, amen? It is too hot. Hopefully, we'll cool down to a wonderful 104 this week. That's a joke. Okay. So, um, but we're so glad to have you here. And uh, we'd love for you to join us afterwards. Right after the service, we'll be downstairs for about 20 minutes or so with an ice cream social. So chill with us there. Chill, get it? Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, so if you're here in the house or from your house, we'd love to invite you to stand up. We're going to open up in a word of prayer, dive into worship, and uh, I'm going to have you say hi and wave to a couple people after I finish the prayer because i got to get the mic back to uh, Pastor Lyle here. So we'd love to pray for Revelation Church, Pastor Greg Ayers. Uh, if you don't know Pastor Greg, Greg actually runs Gap Ministries here in town, and they are an amazing organization that does so much for foster families and foster homes all around our city, and Greg's an awesome guy and uh, has a church, Revelation Church, so we will pray a blessing over them and over us tonight, so join me. Father, we are grateful to gather together tonight, and we ask that you would just be in our midst as we put our attention uh, and our worship on you. We ask that this would be truly an encounter with you. We're inviting your spirit to be here. We're inviting you to meet us, whether we're here in the house or here at home or watching this through the week. We want to have an experience with you. As we continue to look at into the, the word about wisdom, would you help us to gain the insights we need? And we pray for Revelation Church, Pastor Greg. Uh, God, we ask your absolute best blessing over them. Thank you for uh, the heirs family and all that they do in this city that moves your good and your kingdom forward. We pray your blessing over Gap Ministries, over their church. God, would you raise up the leaders that they need? Would you fuel the vision that they have to make a difference? And would you draw people to them just as you're doing here in our church? And so we pray a blessing over dads today. Uh, dads make a difference. Father, we also pray for those who have maybe lost their dad, for those who are maybe didn't have a great experience, and we understand that you are a father to the fatherless. The Psalms tells us that. And so would you be our good heavenly father to all of us tonight, and as we worship you now, would you mingle and, and 
be a part of our presence here, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you take five seconds, say hi to someone next to you.
Psalm 122, 1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So we join together with one voice, with one heart, as we celebrate what God wants to do tonight. Amen.
Lord, how sweet did you gaze on my perilous heart to befriend me to my bitter end and carry the burden for his grave in my failure. You be found in the depths of your heart as good as forgiven oh how you graced that cross where Jesus died and death took the loss wild as the floodgates of hell from what open within your scars and mine is the life you raised yours the glory that took to
speak to us, would you show us as we worship you, as we come before you in the splendor of your holiness and in your goodness, show us what we need to give to you tonight, Lord. That's our prayer spirit, that you'd move in power, that you'd move in this time of worship and speak to us, God. 
we're yours. We're yours to do as you will tonight, Jesus. Would you join me as we sing this? There is no greater call. There is no greater call than giving you my all. I lay it all down. I lay it all down. There is no greater love, no higher name above. I lay it all down. I lay it all down. There is no us just to sit in your presence tonight that we wouldn't need to be in a rush to do anything and that we would just wait for you 
And we would wait for your presence. And God, I sense your spirit is thick in this room. That you're here, that you're moving. And so we just thank you that you love us enough. As the good father that you are, that you don't hide yourself. You don't give yourself away in pieces. And yet when we draw near to you, your word tells us that uh, you're faithful to be found. Maybe some people are here tonight who, who didn't even realize they were looking for you. But would tonight, Jesus, would you find them? Would you just be faithful to be right here, right where they are, to meet them there? That all of us, that we would sense your presence in such a, a real tangible way that no matter what, all of us walk out of here knowing that we met with God tonight. But as we see you, God, we can't help but see that you are holy, that you are good. That we're not. That every time we try to take life upon our own uh, and try to do things in our own way, it just has this way of falling apart. And so for those who can relate to that, would tonight be the night that we can just say, take it, Lord, have it. It was never mine to begin with. It's always belonged to you. I'm tired of doing it on my own. So as we just sang, would you take this life and breathe on this heart that belongs to you? So just take a moment, pray for yourself tonight. Would you ask God to speak to you? Ask God to move in your heart tonight. Take a moment to pray for Pastor Jack as he comes to speak. Pray for God's anointing over him. Ask God to speak through him clearly tonight to all of us. Yes, Jesus, we love you. Do what you will tonight. Have your way. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. It is good to worship together, to lean into God together, whether you're online or here. Uh, we are thrilled to have you be a part of this experience. And um, as we get going into the message tonight, uh, if you have the app, you can open up to Sermon Notes and go there and kind of follow along. We're going to be in the book of Proverbs kind of all over. So if you're new to the Bible, if you open up to kind of the middle, you get Psalms, you go right one book, and you get Proverbs, and uh, we're going to be looking at some, some insight for us tonight, which I'm just going to tell you, it's wisdom with wealth, which I know sometimes, as soon as you're in a church, and they're like, oh, they're going to talk about money. Um, listen, uh, here's what we're going to talk about. I believe the gospel is about liberation and freedom. I believe that's what Jesus is about, and I believe he is about that in every area of life. And wealth is a reality for all of us to have to deal with. How many of you uh, utilize money? 
yeah, that's like 100% of us, right? And so this reality is, what if we look for some wisdom in this? So as we get started, I do want to do what I forgot to do at the very beginning and give away a couple dad prizes. So uh, Levi, would you help me deliver these? Randy Well, where's Randy Well? Randy, Randy, is this your first week here? I'm just totally calling you out. But um, I think I met you coming in. So <laughs> Levi, Randy's right back there. And then Levi, hold on. Take this one too. Ran, uh, see, Randy, he's right there in the blue. And then John Henson is the winner of the other one. And I got to brag on John because you all never see this. Uh, John's in the booth back there. Uh, John does so much. He and his wife, Jen, do so much for you that you never see. But if you've ever watched a sermon online, if you've ever seen anything we've ever edited, uh, if you've ever been, it's just like it's that team that does all that. And they need props much as, as much as our worship team. And so thank you guys for all you do in that. <sighs> Levi, thanks for helping. I'll give you Slim Jims later. Okay, so... Um, we are thrilled to kind of be in this. We're looking at how do you deal with the five-letter uh, word, M-O-N-E-Y, money. Okay, we're not talking about four-letter word here. We're not talking about three-letter abbreviation like ASU. Come on, nope, nope, we're not talking about that. Um, we are only talking about money and looking at what you do. Now, in my family, we play a game called How Much Would It Take? Here's how that game goes. How much would it take for you to help get a phone out of an outhouse when it fell down for someone else? How much would it take for you to actually reach in and try that? Now, ain't no one doing that for $5, right? So like we play this game. How much would it take for you to lay on a bed of worms for three minutes? How much would it take for you to do that? How much would it take for you to stand up in the middle of a crowd and just sing an entire song? How much would it take? How much would it take for you to walk up to a stranger at a restaurant, introduce yourself, say hi, start a conversation with them and eat food off their plate? Because you know you're going to have to buy them a new meal. So, like, you've got to factor in some of these things. And so we just kind of play this silly game. And the reality is that you can play too because there was a lady who wrote a book about it, Bernice Canner's book, Are You Normal About Money? Interviewed Americans, and hear what they said, uh, for a million dollars, ask yourself if you do this, for a million dollars, 65% of people said they would live on a deserted island for a year. Would you do that? Like, you got to find food. Like, you got to survive with that. Would you do that? 30% of people for a million dollars would spend six months in jail for a crime they did not commit. Would you do that? Like, you're trying to figure this out. Okay, so, like, for $3,000, uh, 24%, so, like, one in four said they would reveal a friend's deep, dark secret that they swore to keep. You don't want that friend, okay? You don't want to be one of the, the four there. 66% uh, said they would kiss a stranger for 500 bucks. For $50, 75% of people said they would kiss a frog. How many of you would kiss a frog for $50? Because I happen to have a frog here in the bucket that I'd like to, actually I don't. Um, so some of you are like, man, I really need 50 bucks. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to the buckets here in a second. So. I don't know what you deal with money, but the reality is you do deal with it. And so what if the scriptures have some wisdom about that? And so tonight, I'm going to talk fast. So I hope you got your seatbelt on. And I want to rattle through some truths 
a couple financial filters that we see in the Bible that are kind of like biblical baselines of how we approach our resource and money and wealth. And then I want to look at four kind of takeaway principles that if you want to be a person that's wise with wealth, here's what you want to do. And Proverbs talks about this. In fact, when you're reading through, remember we challenged each other to, to read the proverb of the day. So today is June 20th. So guess what proverb would be today? Chapter 20. Right, exactly. Tomorrow will be the 21st. Guess what? It'll be the chapter 20. 21. See, you guys are really smart. So, like, um, that's what we're challenging one another to do is read through the book of Proverbs this month. Maybe do it again in July. Call it good. But we're seeking wisdom. We want to know wisdom from God. And so, uh, two financial filters that I want us to understand. And again, I hope you're buckled up. Here we go. The first one is this. You are a manager, not an owner. Now, if you've been around here at Elements, you've heard this. If you are new or kind of new to the whole Christian faith type thing, this might be a refresher to you. It might be fresh information to you. And, and again, we're about liberation and freedom in all areas of life, and we all have to deal with money. And for you to hear sometimes, or for you to hear that you're a manager, not an owner, some people bristle back and push back against that because they're like, I don't see Jesus punching the time clock in my work. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, I'll give you that. But who gave you the ability to even have a job? Who, who gave you the skill sets and the ability to actually go to work? Uh, who gave you the resources and the insights, the connections that you have? See, God oversees this. Psalm 24 says, the earth is the Lord and everything in it. Like, okay, so what's excluded from that? Nothing. Everything in it. So the first filter we have to understand is get to the place where you appreciate and understand that I'm a manager, not an owner. See, owners talk like the birds from Nemo. Mine, 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 mine. That is our country. That is our culture. And that is you and me if we're not careful. Right? It's very easy to drift into, no, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. And we think everything is ours. Now listen, you have management over a lot of things. But that is what you are. You're a manager, not an owner. And that's the first filter we have to understand. The second filter is kind of like it. It means manage in God's way. Meaning you have the choice to manage your wealth, your finances, in any way you want. And for some of you, you may sit through this message and go, baloney, I'm going to do it my way. Okay, you could do that. You have every right to do that. If you're a person who's not a person of faith, this may sound strange at times to you. And you can continue to do it the way that you think is best online or the way that you're sitting here. You go, this is the way I'm going to do it. And I will simply ask you the question, how's that working for you? How's it going? Because my hunch is, if you're in this long enough, you may get to a place or a season in life where it maybe is not working. Maybe it's working really well right now. Good for you. But let's check back in a couple of years and see how it's going then. Because the reality is, what the scriptures are kind of saying is, if you will live this way, you will be the one who's blessed. Why? Because you'll have wisdom in this. So manage it God's way. Here's a simple way to describe God's way, okay? So I've got a live bucket. Again, if you've been around here, you've seen this. A save bucket and a give bucket. In our American culture, these get switched. Live goes here first. 
and people go, I'm going to live life. Am I going to save? Well, I don't know if I want to save any money. Maybe a little bit of money. Uh, do you want to give and bless the church, nonprofits, agencies in our city? I don't know. Do you know the average American gives away less than 2% of their money? Less than 2% invested anywhere else outside of themselves. See, in the American culture, this is how it works. You live, you invest almost everything there, you maybe get around to saving a tiny bit, and then, well, giving, well, that's when they ring the bell outside on Christmas time and I throw in some change, maybe occasionally or something like that. Or my heartstrings get pulled a little bit. So I don't have any investment toward actually giving. But what the scriptures kind of say is, listen, if you're going to manage it God's way, so you're a manager, not an owner, and if you're going to manage it God's way, you got to switch this. So you got to choose to give first, Save a little bit for the future because it's going to rain, not here in Tucson, but it's going to rain on you in your life. Lord, we need rain. We pray for rain. And then you live on what's left. So here's the deal. I got 10 bucks. Okay, we're going to do a quick budget. So here's what that means. Your $10 represents your money that you get, right? Okay. If I'm going to do it God's way, it means I'm going to give God some, one. I'm going to save one. And I'm going to live on the rest. Ta-da. It really is that simple. See, it's not complicated. It's counterculture. But what the scriptures say and what we see in wisdom is, hey, if you're going to manage it God's way, well, then you choose first to invest in God and his movement and his mission in agencies that are doing good and his good and kingdom good around the world, that's what you give to first. And then you, you save a little bit because you're going to have to have something. It's going to happen, so you put a little bit away. And then you live on what's rest. You, you kind of live within your means. See, in our culture, we, we tend to flip the live and the give. We maybe get around to give. We kind of save, and we actually live, and we live beyond. That's why the average Arizonan has over $5,100 in credit, just in credit cards. That's what's carried in 2020. Now, the beautiful thing is that's actually come down about $900, so maybe COVID helped with that where people weren't going out as much. In fact, across all 50 states, it's come down for the first time in a long time, about 750 bucks on average across the United States for just credit card debt. Why? Well, people couldn't go out to eat or they, they couldn't maybe go do some things that they were used to doing. So maybe they began to have a reset. Maybe that's what's happened for you. You begin to have a reset. And so what's understanding here is, hey, I'm a manager, not an owner. I, I want to learn to manage things God's way. Here's what the scriptures kind of say about that. And, and then I want to give you four principles that we see in the book of Proverbs when it comes to wisdom with our wealth. And so here's the first one. We exercise wisdom with money when we work hard. Hello. That's it. Great epiphany, huh? Work hard. You were made to work. I don't know if you realize that or not. That at the beginning of all creation, before sin ever entered the picture, God said to Adam and Eve, go work the garden. Part of how you're wired is the, in the image of God is to work. Work is not a bad four-letter word. For some people, it is. 
And maybe you got the wrong job, and let's try to find you a different one. But work is actually something we're meant to do. Here's what Proverbs 10, 4 says this. Lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring about wealth. Now, this is not saying that all uh, poverty is based on laziness. That's not true. In fact, we do a disservice to people who are struggling if we think that way, because that's not true. There are some folks who get in the situation, and you may have been there, and I may have been there at times, where you just need help, and you need someone to come alongside. And listen, if you're living this way, then you have the ability to help. That's what we talk around here. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. And so as believers who are beginning to live this out, you actually set yourself up to begin to be able to be used by God to help. What this proverb is actually saying is, listen, laziness tends to lead down the economic ladder and diligence tends to lead up the economic ladder. That's the point of Proverbs. Here's the general way things work in real life. Hard work means that you work. Your work is toilsome. It's hard. How many of you ever get frustrated at your work? You know why? Work's hard. It is. There's no shortcuts to that. There are some things you probably love about your job, and there's probably other things you don't. Anyone agree with that? You know why it's called work? Because it's work. I know this is super basic, but I'm just helping us try to understand and see this. Proverbs 14.23 says this, All hard work brings profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Meaning, if we just make business plans and we talk about them, we write them out on paper, but we never do anything about them, well, then you're just talking. And there's a premise here that we need to work. You will demonstrate part of your created in God's image as you work. We share in God's creative power when we use his resources and our resources to create and organize and produce and to help people. That's part of work. Whether you're building a home or writing a loan, whether you're waiting tables or you're selling cars or insurance or teaching students or you're nursing people back to health, you're accounting, you're running your own business, you're working retail or you're being a pastor. Work is a part of what we were made to do. And so work hard at what you do. Maximize what you do. It's okay. In fact, it's part of your calling. And it's part of being wise around your wealth is to work. The second one is this. We exercise wisdom with money when we avoid incurring foolish debt. Foolish debt. Proverbs 22.7 says this. A borrower is servant to the lender. Now, some Christians will go so far to say, well, that means we should never borrow money ever. I don't think that's the premise of this proverb. I think the point of it is, listen, if you put yourself in a position where you're borrowing, then you have to understand that you're going to be a slave, a servant to that. And that doesn't mean you never do it. Now, the Bible is pretty clear that you want to be hesitant You want to be clearer about when you borrow and when you don't. In fact, most of the scriptures will talk about borrowing is not always the best idea. In fact, maybe it's actually better for you to, I don't know, use another four-letter word, wait. What? We're Americans. We don't do that. No, no, no. But see, we're trying to live 
this way and manage the resources. Why? Because I'm a manager, not an owner. And sometimes it's hitting the pause button and waiting until I can walk into a place instead of just bringing a card that's now going to help me live beyond my means. Listen, I'm telling you this because I did this. And it was tough getting out of it. And you don't want that. You don't, especially if you're young. If you're in your 20s, oh my gosh, listen to the wisdom here. You want to try to begin to live this way. You will be the one who's blessed if you do. And so don't incur foolish debt. In most cases, the scripture talks about borrowing is a negative thing. But the Bible does stop short of saying don't ever borrow. That's not wisdom also. Here's what the Proverbs and what the scriptures say about borrowing. Psalm 37.21 says the wicked borrow and they don't repay. Romans 13.7 says give to everyone what you owe them. Meaning if you're going to borrow, pay it back. That's the deal you made. So follow through on your word. Be a part of that. What this proverb is saying is, listen, you're going to put yourself in a position where you're, you're slave to something. When this text was actually written, this literally happened. And I'm using the word literally because it literally happened. If you were a family and you borrowed and you could not pay it back, guess what happened? Either you or some of your children went into actual slavery in order to pay back your debt, and they were released when it got paid back. Now, we don't have that now. We have MasterCard and we have Visa, but you are still a slave. That's what the verse is saying. So you want to be careful about it. You want to be wise about it. You don't want to be foolish and just rush into things. And so today, I mentioned to you, the average credit card in Arizonans, $5,157, down about $900 from where it was. And so maybe this COVID season has offered us an opportunity to reset a little bit. To go, hey, I want to think about actually what I'm doing and how I'm living. And so you may want to put some thought into where you are. Now, you may be upside down. And if that's you, then there is hope. You just, it's going to take a lot of work. There's no shortcuts to it. But you can do it. It can be done. I've seen it done. I've done it. And so it just takes Work. The third thing, we exercise wisdom with money when we seek moderation in our lifestyle. That's really where this begins to start, is that you seek back to moderation in your lifestyle and how you then live. You, you seek what Paul talks about, the secret. I have learned the secret of contentment. You know why most people don't find it? Because it's a secret. It, it takes work and takes effort to actually put yourself in a position where you, you learn contentment. And that you don't have to have the latest and the best and the biggest. And so you learn to be content. And that doesn't mean you can't have nice things or you can't get the best. It just means maybe it's less often than maybe what people next to you do. Here's what Proverbs 23, 4 through 5 says this. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom to show restraint. Cast but a glance at riches and they're gone. They will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. How many of you have ever had money in your account and then you look a month later and it's like it grew wings and it took off? No amens? Come on. That's, that's good stuff because everyone's been there. 
I remember Amy and I going through things, and we would get money. We're like, hey, we saved. That's awesome. Car breaks down. Like, oh, man, that's the same amount of money. Dang it. And then, like, okay, God, we're trying to get, and it's the same. And so, like, anyone ever been in that cycle where you just feel like that? It's real life. This is real stuff that you have to deal with and I have to deal with. What this verse is saying is, listen, don't spend your whole life chasing after riches because you're going to find it more fleeting than you think. And so be wise, but don't spend your whole existence doing this. Make God investments, not just me investments. And so much of our world is just about me, 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 me. See, that's flipping the buckets. And what the scriptures are saying, no, this is the way you want to actually begin to manage. Proverbs 30, 8 through 9, is a guy named uh, Agar, who, A-G-U-R, that's his name. We don't know anything about him except Proverbs 30. He wrote it. Here's what he says halfway down. He says this. It's a prayer that he prays. God, keep falsehood and lies far from me. Let me be a man of truth. And give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who's the Lord? Or I may become poor and begin to steal, so I dishonor your name. Help me not live in the extremes. Because I may actually do something where I just turn my back on you and I just become self-sufficient and it's all about me and I don't consider you anymore. I've lost you. Or I'm so consumed by my reality then I end up maybe doing some things that defame you out of desperation. And I don't want to live in either extreme. That's what he's praying for. Protect me from either extreme. Give me the daily bread that I need. Learn to live with moderation. Ask God, God, would you help me learn the secret of contentment? I don't know many people in our culture that pray that. I know a lot of people, myself at times, who pray for more and more and more. You know what you never get more of? More. How much is more? Because it's like a moving goal line. And so Paul's talking about it. I've learned the secret of being content. I've learned the secret of being having plenty. And I've learned the secret in, in having not a lot. And I want to live with this contentment. What if we as followers of Jesus, if that's you, would just say, God, would you help me to grow my contentment this year? And it doesn't mean I can't have good things, but it doesn't mean I have to have all the best things. And that's different. And so fourthly, we exercise wisdom with money when we share generously with those in need and we grow a generous heart just like our Heavenly Father. That's wisdom. Proverbs 11, 24 through 25 says this, one man gives freely and yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. A generous man or woman will prosper. He who refreshes other will himself be refreshed. Here's the principle. It's real simple. There's an observation that God seems to bless those who give. Why? Because it's who he is. It just is. God is not a taker. He's a giver. And he longs for his kids to resemble him. Now, you don't have to choose that. You could choose the culture and say, no, it's all mine. 
Mine, 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 mine. That is your choice. My simple question to you is, how's that working for you? Are you happy? Uh, do you find significance in that? Do you ever experience contentment? Do you feel hollow from that pursuit? Because my hunch is you may. Because I've been there. I know people who have lived there. And then they figured this out. And they began to live a different way. And they're some of the most joyous, filled people I know. <laughs> and they live with different percentages. People who give away half of what they make. And they love doing it because they know it's not about them. They're a manager. They're not the owner. And so they want to manage God's way. And so they seek to bless and to be generous. Uh, Proverbs 3.9 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the best part of everything you produce. Then your, uh, he will fill your barns with grain. Your vats will overflow with good wine. Uh, biblical scholars teach about this as being kind of the Hebrew tithe. In the Israelite times, uh, you were under compulsion to give 10% of your livelihood, of your crops that came in. That was part of the tithe that you must do as an Israelite. And if you withheld that, well, then you were said to be robbing God. That's why Malachi, the prophet, says, you know, God's saying, listen, I have this against you. You're robbing me. You, you've launched into this idea that you're the owner of everything. No, no. I'm the owner. You're the manager. Honor me. And with the instruments, I, now listen, I've had people ask me this question all the time. Hey, pastor, does that mean I have to give 10% in the New Testament? Is that really there? And here's what I would say. You know what? Giving matters to God. I can't find in the New Testament a compulsory verse that says you have to do this. What I do find is this. I get to participate in what God is up to. And God loves a cheerful giver. Now, you may be sitting here and going, okay, all right, 10% into giving, 10% into, like, saving, 80% living on that. Okay, I'm, uh, dude, I'm, like, over my head. I can't get there. Okay. Then take a step. You don't have to get there overnight. I didn't. But what if you took a step? to say, God, I want to begin to try to figure this out, and so I'm going to start doing something. I have people tell me all the time, okay, well, I'm going to give to the church when I get money, or I'm going to give to nonprofits when I get money. I say, no, you're not. But see, giving is not about your wallet. Giving is always about your heart. And if your heart's not there right now, then it don't matter what you get. Your heart won't be there then. And so here's the promise that we see through the scripture. Uh, the principle of tithing is even before the law. It goes all the way back to Abraham, very first book of the Bible, one of the early families of faith. And Abraham lived this out. Jesus alludes to tithing in the New Testament. And here's what I know. If you will go with it instead of going against it, I think God will bless it. What God can do with your 90% is a whole lot more than what you can do with 100%. That's what I know. And so if you will step in that direction, I promise you, 
God will honor that. You, as a follower of Jesus, if you're here and a follower of Jesus and you're beginning to practice this, here's a little refresher for you, a little reminder for you. You will never stop growing in generosity. You'll never stop. Why? Because God's generosity doesn't stop either. There's an interesting article I put in your, um, in your app. You can follow that later. It's called, What If the Church Tithed? What if the church actually tithe and live this out? Uh, you realize tithers make up 10 to 20% of the average church. 5% of the U.S. tithes. 80% of Americans give away less than 2% of what they bring in. So the larger point is not to like, make you feel bad or anything like that. Let me just paint a picture of what it would be like if the church actually lived this out. If we just did this. Here's the difference it would make in the world, not just Tucson, the world, okay? If people actually just tithe, it would bring in an extra $165 billion for churches within a couple of years. The impact of that globally would be $25 billion would relieve global hunger, starvation, and deaths by preventable diseases in five years. It'd be gone. We wouldn't have those issues. 12 billion would eliminate illiteracy in five years. 15 billion would solve the world's water and sanitation issues, specifically in places where people live on less than a dollar a day. It would be eradicated. 1 billion would fully fund all overseas missions work currently happening, would solve it. And you would still have $100 billion left over to fulfill more ministry. The church, capital C church, could solve the world's problems. If the people, you and me, would just begin to practice this. That's the amazing reality of this. So what if we just took a step? Okay, maybe you can't get here yet. What if you just took a step? Figure out what that is between you and God. We exercise wisdom when we grow generous hearts to reflect him. You will never stop growing your generosity. The Bible emphasizes this is the virtue of God. He is a generous God. He is a giver, not a taker. He didn't charge you for the sacrifice of Jesus. He just gave. He didn't look for anything from you or anything from me. He just gave. He challenges those who are called by his name to live as givers instead of takers. And when we live as giving, generous people, we are the best reflection of our Heavenly Father in those moments. And so the challenge for all of us, whether you're watching online or here, is, okay, that seems like a good thing. Now listen, again, you could do it your way. Go ahead. I'm not here trying to convince you. I'm just showing you the reality of what the scriptures say. You want to have wisdom with wealth, here's what the Bible says about that. You can go your own direction. Go for it. But my hunch is, if it's not working, or not working the way you'd want, would you be open to maybe considering something different? And what would that next step be for you? Here's the two questions I want to leave you with. Where do you think God is wanting you to grow in wisdom in your wealth? What you have to manage, because remember, you're a manager, not an owner. Where do you think he's asking you to grow in that? And what might it look like for you to take a step into that? 
in these next six months. And so here's a little Elements family update. This is an awesome report. Um, I'm stunned to be able to tell you that your generosity has been so faithful in this last year. COVID and losing Brian and everything we had to navigate as a church. Um, if you would have told me we'd be where we are last October, I might have laughed in your face. I'll confess that. I don't know if I had the faith. I had the hope. Um, we had a budget of like $275,000. We are $9,000 short of that with two weeks to go. So that is an amazing reality. Um, that is from you and from your investment. That allows us to pursue ministry. We've built our whole new budget with actually seeking less and budgeting less and actually expanding our ministry and resource to help agencies here in town to give to the Gospel Rescue Mission, to Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and to four or five other agencies that we believe in as a church. And we say, okay, we want to be, we want to practice this. So what I'm teaching you is what we're doing as a church. Okay, so we are living this out. Why? Because we believe this is the way God said to do it. And so we're going to do it. And so we give to him first. We invest in agencies. We invest in the, in the community around here. We're saving some. We've got 10% of our budget in savings. I can't tell you the last time, six years ago, maybe we had that. We have that. Like, I'm blown away. And that's because of you and because of your generosity and because of your giving. We want to live on, on what we have to be able to make lights go on and do ministries with kids and students and ministries here as a church and to pay staff and to, to do everything that we want to do and more. We're going to be able to do that. And so maybe you're part of that. That's when we say thank you sometimes for your generosity. That's what we mean is we would not be where we are without your faithful giving in that. So thank you. Thank you for allowing your church to partner with you. I believe we are stronger together and we will do more together than you could do on your own or than I could do on my own. And I believe that we're going to have a greater impact in the years to come. We are setting up a reserve that's going to allow us to respond to needs in Tucson. Um, I can't tell you the last time we had the margin to do that, but we will have that. Why? Because we believe in that. We want to be a church that's crazy generous. Because we actually believe that, that wins you an audience with people who are skeptical. When you give with no strings attached. When you invest in your city and beyond. It matters. And so that's the encouragement that I have to just to kind of share with you and, and to invite you. If you've never been a part of that, never thought about giving, man, I just want to invite you. What if you put this to the test? So we're going to end with the worship song here. We'll give away a few more things for dads. But I just want to invite you to really consider those two questions. How is God stirring your heart to say, okay, what's the next phase that I need to work on? And then what would that begin to look like? So for some of you, that might be, hey, I've never tithed before. Okay. Well, then what if you partnered with your church? Or what if you began to partner with some agencies that we're connected to or some agencies of nonprofits that you love? What if you began to actually live this out? And we invite you to do that. A lot of folks give online here through the app. You can give in the boxes in the back. That's a way you can jump in if you want to.
If you're giving now and, and you're like, okay, wow, I think I'd like to up my generosity. Well, then that's up to you. Think about that. Pray about that. How is God stirring you in that? And so, Father, that's what we pray. As we move toward a time of just worship, lingering your presence. God, we want to be the kind of people that can do for one what we wish we could do for everyone. We can't solve all the world's problems in and of ourselves or in and of our church. But we can respond to needs that you bring our way. And so would you give us wisdom? Would you give uh, our board wisdom as they help manage that? Would you give discernment to each family and each single represented here that's contributing and being a part of the mission of Element City Church? God, we want to reach people who are not here yet. We want to help reach people for the kingdom. We want to equip people to be better followers of Jesus, and we want to send each of us out as active agents for your good in the world. So, Father, would you maximize the impact in the years to come that this church can have for your kingdom's sake and for the name of Jesus? Would you help each family and each person here begin to figure out what is the next step for them? And would you surprise them with your favor and with your blessing? As they seek to honor you, would you reward that? It's not always in money, but would you bless that in a way that they would see your activity in their life and they would know, man, I'm trying to live as a manager. I'm trying to manage it God's way and he sees it. God, the only thing you ever told us to test you on was in our giving. Malachi chapter three. You said we could test you in that. So for some of us, maybe it's just putting that to the test. If I'm going to trust you, Jesus, with my faith and with my heavenly destiny, then maybe I need to trust you with my wealth as well. Because I'm a manager, not an owner. And if I do it your way, you're going to be with me every step of the way. So God, would you be at work? And would you stir our hearts? This is always a heart issue. So we worship you in this song. We give our hearts back to you. Would you meet us? in this moment. Would you stand as we continue to worship our God?
site, whether you're online, we just want to thank you for worshiping with us tonight. Uh, we want to wish you a happy Father's Day. Uh, for the, the dads who are in the room, we've still got our, our giveaway, so Jack's going to make his way up here. While he's doing that, just real quickly, if you are new, thanks for coming to church. Thanks for, for joining us tonight. 
And like Jack said, we, we really don't talk about money all the time. I know that that's like the cliche thing. It's been over a year and a half. We literally looked it up. So if you're here and you're like, man, they always talk about money. I promise we don't, right? Like on my integrity, I swear, we really don't. But if you are new, we'd love to meet you. We, we're gonna be in that 10 minute party at the back. So uh, someone will be back there for about 10 minutes. That's it. We just wanna connect with you, uh, help you get connected here at the church as well. And we even have a bag of kettle corn, the best kettle corn south of the Grand Canyon. South of Grand Canyon. South of the Grand Canyon. Yep. It's back there. And we're even talking about shipping methods to make sure that those of you who are online, like we can, we're going to figure this out. We want to make sure that those online are taken care of as well. Carrier so, pigeon. I think we're going to do carrier, carrier pigeon. Yes, carrier yeah. pigeons. That's what we had discussed. So I don't know that we've landed on that fully yet, but we'll get there. So just a reminder, we'd love to invite you to continue reading Proverbs with us. So again, today, Proverbs 20, tomorrow, Proverbs 21. Uh, you can always sign up for a Bible reading plan. That's real easy. And that way you get the little reminder. Uh, but without further ado, We've got some prizes to give away. Jack, what do we have to give away tonight? Listen, uh, ladies, we had like really decorative bags. And for guys, we were like buckets. Buckets and a shop towel and a few cool things in there. So, That's right. uh, Danny, Danny, your wife won and now you win. Oh, man. How cool is that? All right. I'm going to put that bucket here. It's a cool bucket. Okay. It's from Dollar Tree, so it's cheap. All right. Kevin, are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Kevin, you guys what? make this easy. It's a short walk. It's a short walk. So here's your bucket. I'm going to make you come over and get it. Okay. All right. Next one. And then Mark Bertram. You oh, won this. Right. So that's you. Oh, that's an in and out gift card. There you go. You're always a winner in my book. Okay. Now the best prize, we saved the best for last. This is $50 to Dickman's Meats. So it's, it's legit, people. It's legit. Rich Gallner. You got it. So. Now, Rich, I also know you have a Traeger, so thanks for inviting me over. I appreciate it. Okay. So, hey, we love y'all. We're actually doing a 22-minute ice cream social downstairs. Here's how you get there. You're going to go out and around, straight down the sidewalk. You're going to see a kind of a placard, a big A-frame sign that says Element City Church. That's where you're at. Uh, and then you're going to head in that single door down the stairs. It's going to feel like you're going into a dungeon. You kind of are. Uh, but you're going to come into a wonderful, cooled ice, you know, ice cream and air conditioned room where we can hang out for about 22 minutes or so. If you are new, I'll be back at the 10 minute party. We're going to make that a seven minute party tonight. And uh, we'd love to meet you there. Have a blessed, blessed week. We'll see you downstairs if you're sticking around for that. Awesome.